Hey, what's up? It's the Started With Something podcast. Uh, we're two bootstrappers building online businesses, and we're here to talk business. <laughs> I'm Matt, and uh, this week we're, talk- we're brainstorming business ideas, but first some business updates. So, Mark, how was your week? It was good. It's good to have you back, man. Dude, it's good to be back. It's, uh, <laughs> it's weird to not record. <laughs> yeah, it was lonely. <laughs> You did great though. The, uh, the the two guests were awesome, and you edited them edited them beautifully. So oh, thank you. Yeah, work. that was that was a lot harder than I thought. The editing. Yeah, do you appreciate me now, you son of a bitch? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Please don't go. <laughs> yeah, no, it's a uh, it's it's a big job. I mean, I think you've got it down to an art. Like you know exactly what sequence of filters and compressors mm-hmm. to use, but. To me, it was a lot of trial and error. And finally, I found it. Okay. And then I'd compare it. Uh, it's not as loud as when you do it, but mm. whatever. It's good yeah. enough. You got to time box it because, yeah, you, for, you can spend forever editing those things, trying to get the balance right and everything else. Yeah. yeah. I have some yeah. presets that I use and like, and then I just, it's like, it's good enough. I can't do this anymore. <laughs> but but otherwise, yeah, it was, it was interesting because I thought, I th- because these were two people that I knew. I thought like we could just chit chat and mm-hmm. have the same format that we have. Sure. But I was surprised how quickly it just turned into like an interview mode, but I was not ready for an interview mode, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I, I don't actually have a list of questions to ask or anything mm-hmm. like that. Uh, I'm su- like, I'm, I'm surprised how much work it's, it is to, to like to book people to, so I'm 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 impressed by the podcasts that do it, like that that do regular interviewing each week. Mm-hmm. My hats off to them because it wasn't easy. Yeah, I can't imagine the level of research. It it's pretty nuts to think that like you could do it without a team. Like that right. that's like that's a frightening amount of work. Like, do you think that Diego um, researched you before he interviewed you? I think so. Okay. Yeah. No. Ex- yeah, and I think um, yeah, I think pe- people do a lot of research. That's it. Like I wasn't, I wasn't ready for an interview. Like I really thought, yeah, like you know me, I know you, so I we already know what we're working on. So yeah. we could just have like yeah. just have a back and forth. But uh, no, it would quickly turn into an interview mode, and then I'm there. Oh shit, <laughs> I don't, <laughs> I don't know how to make this sound like a professional interview. <laughs> it's too late now. We're recording. <laughs> well, you did great. I mean, I thought they came out. I thought they came out great. Well, thanks. Yeah. yeah, and yeah, it was it was it was so nice of them to come on, like the, because it really was last minute. It was like, well, your vacation was last minute. Right? Yeah. <laughs> was like, hey, you know what? I'm getting the hell out of here. <laughs> yeah, totally the right choice, by the way. Yeah. Oh man, yeah, it's like relaxing. Oh, yeah, it's relaxing, and just to be in the sun, you forget, like, oh yeah, like there's warmth and and light. <laughs> right. Not in this frozen hellhole. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, and it was. I was hoping to leave a little bit earlier to leave, to lose a little bit more of the the winter, but um, we came back and the weather's actually been great. I mean, it's yeah, pissing rain this week, but that's okay. Like, I got my dose of sun. I'm feeling great. Well, I mean, yesterday was beautiful. Oh man, it was so nice. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, otherwise, besides besides being all by myself on the podcast, oh. I've uh, <laughs> I've been working on Power Importer, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, my focus has been to, because my goal is to hire someone to help with the support, right? Mm-hmm. So my goal has been whenever I do a support call, look at how I solve the problem mm-hmm. and then see if I can improve the actual customer tool that, so that they can do it themselves. Oh, sure. Mm-hmm. And and the goal is that eventually when I hire someone, like, they'll be able to do it all with the tool itself. Right. They won't have to do like I do now, which is log into a console, <laughs> connect yeah. to the database and do queries. Sure. <clears throat> so, yeah. So, that's what I've been doing. I've been fixing bugs uh, and uh, uploading patches or small tweaks mm-hmm. to the interface. And it, it, it's it's quite a great feeling. Like, yeah. you know, you get the, the, the same problems over and over again. Mm-hmm. And then you you update like a tweak like that or just a, a better error message. And then all of a sudden you don't get those questions anymore. That's cool. That's like, really cool. Yes. I'm winning. <laughs> so yeah, I've been working on that. Otherwise, yeah, the, the uh, air table importer that I was working on, um, I've been really, I guess, stuck with like paralysis by analysis. Okay. Cause one problem is that power importer right now is, 
is really growing quickly every month, mm-hmm. which is a nice problem to have. But but it does mean I had to I had to upgrade my server a few times already, like just in a in the last month. Okay. Like the load is just like <laughs> yeah, it's just growing insanely. So like all of a sudden I got more and more people scheduling these syncs to run every five minutes or every minute. Right. So. So yes, I've been trying to like brainstorm and research a new architecture for for the importers. Mm-hmm. So like I'm I'm like thinking, well, I should really find this solution. So at least when I write this new Airtable importer, it's based on the new architecture. Right. And then eventually I can migrate the the Webflow importer to the new architecture. But right. for now, I'm just trying to find an architecture, and it's yeah, it's not easy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm making progress, but I feel like um, sometimes I'm just stuck in a loop. Like, wait, why? Why am I not doing it this way? And then I explore it. Oh yeah, that's why. Okay, mm-hmm. but why am I not doing it that way? And then and then I come back to this way, and then back to yeah. that way. So is there? So where are you now? Like, do you have something you think you might go with? Are you still evaluating? Or do you feel like you've made any headway? Yeah, I mean, I think I, I think I'm close. Like, it, and and it's also this new idea that I have. I think will also make it much easier to outsource to to a developer. Oh shit! Yeah, like if where I can cut it down to like a really simple unit, mm-hmm. like just build me this one little unit right here. Right. And here's the unit test that goes with it. Right. <laughs> okay, so that's something you're interested in. Yeah, I mean. While doing this, this is what I'm. I was realizing, like, mm. I can really accelerate how how quickly I do these new importers with this new architecture. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's that's um, a company I used to work at was something like that. We had something called abstract billing integration, and the idea was that like any time uh, you know we did business in a lot of different countries, and there were all sorts of um, payment providers. Um, I guess that's the word, right? Or like you know intermediary merchants like Stripe or whatever. Yeah. Um, and every country and every company wanted to use a different payment processor. So through abstract billing integration, you could, you could just outsource the creation, that integration to someone else. And then they could just literally drop the integration in. And as long as there was like a couple of base tests that would run and it just to verify, okay, everything is working from our perspective. And as long as you've been able to handle the integration properly, then it should work. So with like a couple of tests, it was super simple and it ended exactly. up being a that's great it. way to just outsource it. That's yeah, that's what I want. Because I'm as I'm defining this role, this person that I'm gonna hire, mm-hmm. at first I thought, uh, maybe it's like a webflow no a webflow developer, um, but that is very experienced in these no code integrations. Mm-hmm. Um, but now I think it might actually be like a self, I'm really, <laughs> really niching down on my candidate, but I'm, I'm like thinking someone who's self-taught themselves how to become a programmer, mm-hmm. uh, and they're looking for like an opportunity to learn more, like on the job. Okay. Right. Like, so basically they're, they don't have a diploma, so no, no typical employer is going to be interested in hiring them. Right. But they've actually taught themselves how to program. So they, they, they have a base mm-hmm. and I can mentor them into, well, you know, I'm using Ruby on Rails. So like you know, they can learn Ruby on Rails on the job. Mm-hmm. And then if I can get an architecture like that, that's really broken down into small units, mm-hmm. I can easily get them a unit in here. Like just, just uh, get it to, you know, get it to work. And mm. that's cool. Yeah. I, um, I have a friend who's learning to code right now. And he's doing uh, a boot camp. I guess it's a boot camp called 100 Devs, 100 Devs. Okay. And it's, um, I watched some of the lectures because it's all free. Um, the guy, his name is uh, Leon Knoll, and he's uh, an executive, I guess, at um, General Assembly, um, a big boot camp. And he's basically like, everybody should learn to code because it gets you access to jobs. So if you're underemployed or unemployed or that you've been overlooked by the system, like he wants to help. He's such an amazing teacher. I watched a couple of the lectures and was like, wow, this is really good. So basically he teaches you, um, he starts with like HTML into CSS, moves into JavaScript, and then he starts to, he teaches you Node. And like a lot of these, I've been seeing what they've been producing. It's really good. And you forget that like, 
I'd say like we've been doing it for so long. It's like learning is really the hard part, but he, he just does such a great job of teaching and really like setting you up for success of just like the funny, the funny thing is he really comes out in the beginning and says like, this is going to suck. It's like, it's like the, do you remember P90X? Yeah. <laughs> like they're in their advertising was like, you're going to work harder than you've ever worked in your life, which is like, so like <laughs> opposite to what everyone's like, Oh, you lay on the couch and get a six pack. Right. <laughs> um, but this is just like that. And he's like, there's going to be this trough of sorrow and it's going to suck, but it's all about community and building a community and leaning on one another when things get hard. And it's really cool to, to see them up and coming. I really want to give my friends some work. Um, as soon as he finishes the JavaScript portion and understands how to make like get and post calls, then I have like a small project for him um, okay. that I'm going to hire him for. But I'm looking at something like this and it's like, I mean, they're not using your stack, but if they learn what they're doing and they're capable and they show they're, they're going after it, this could be a good pool to hire from. Yeah. I mean, cause I, cause I think anybody can learn Ruby, you know, it's, yeah. you learn JavaScript, you can learn Ruby. Like, totally. come on, it's, there's some differences, but, uh, but you, you'll get the hang of it. Yeah. So yes, yeah, so I think it, that's more what I need. I need someone that is was able to teach themselves how to program, so either through a bootcamp like that or really on their own. Mm-hmm. So then, when it's time to debug problems, you know, they could actually connect to the console and do it yeah. if they can't do it through the interface. Totally. And yeah, if I can delegate some of the dev to them, mm-hmm. and eventually they would become like the developer for for everything. Totally. <clears throat> so yeah so that's why i'm yeah i redefine the the kind of role that i'm trying to hire that's great so yeah that's that's what i've been working on okay so how about you what have you been doing you slacker <laughs> aside from lying on a beach <laughs> um yeah so what have i been working on um so first of all yeah I, I listened to all of the podcasts they were all great uh the guests were awesome vulcan i found to be particularly interesting <laughs> Um, he said something that I felt so targeted. <laughs> he said, "He said like, I think you asked him, you know, is there any recommendations that you'd have for new indie hackers? And he's like, oh man, like don't freelance and try to work on a project at the same time. <laughs> and uh, I was like, yeah, man, I, uh, I feel that. That's. <laughs> I, th- I think he winked at me when he said that too. Oh, God damn it. <laughs> okay. But yeah, like it totally right. I, I totally agreed with him. But I was listening to it. and I'm like, oh, oh Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, like I, even listening to him talk about Versoli really kind of gave me a new appreciation for like a very horizontal market of like, yeah, like page builders are super useful. They have lots of applications. Um, but it's I don't know if in his positioning it's like web like page builders for X. But like, I can totally see how difficult it is to look at something like Webflow or other creation tools and try to figure out how can I position myself to be different from them um, to really get that growth. Because it is a huge market. But yeah, it's like, how do you how do you position yourself to really tap into it? It's really interesting. Yeah. I mean, I think at first it was really, he, I think he was a little more niche at the beginning mm-hmm. in, his, in his positioning and his wording. Mm-hmm. And it was for, for other indie hackers, right. basically, you know, like. Don't waste any time on the <laughs> on the marketing side. Mm-hmm. You know, we got templates that we know convert well, and mm-hmm. we have the tools to let you assemble the pages easily. Mm-hmm. So go back to you know building your product instead of wasting time on the marketing side and mm-hmm. the, and the CMS and all. Yeah. But now I think he's yeah he is going a lot more horizontal, mm-hmm. trying to go after designers. Like, yeah. So basically, the same clientele as Webflow. Yep. So. Um... Yeah, listening to it, it certainly seems like a grind, but he, I mean, he seems like a prolific (laughs) developer and like having that under his belt, it's like, all right, how do I just hack something together to get the marketing piece that I want done? And he's like very active on Twitter. Just, yeah, like, I mean, it seems like a grind, but he seems suited for it. So, yeah. Um, Other than that, so the other really, really interesting news is actually yesterday, I can finally like talk about this. um, The... Uh, the free, some of the freelancing I've been doing for the NFT project finally launched. Um, so we're in the press and everything like that. So the, the, if you're interested, the project that I've been working on is called Swoops. So uh, it's playswoops.com. It's an NFT game based around basketball. Um, so the NFTs themselves are athletes and you um, 
you own the athletes and you engage in simulations. I believe we're shooting for five on five simulation. Um, and with, you know, it's like a play to earn game. So you can, um, there's entry fees and that sort of thing. So I've been building all of the, I've been doing all the smart contract development for it. It's been really fun. I've learned a ton, a ton, a ton. Um, we'll have to do like a, the crypto episode of this podcast <laughs> at some point. Cause just to like, yeah, answer questions and talk a little bit about, um, some of the stuff that I've learned. Cause it technically is so interesting. Um, but yeah, so that's, that's finally launched. So we've been getting a lot of buzz. So the mint will happen soon. Um, we just have some like final things that we're working on. We're going through an audit, uh, our, like, um, like a smart contract audit, not a financial audit. <laughs> so we're hiring auditors to come in and take a look at our code and give us comments and recommendations and that kind of thing, which is fun. Um, yeah, so that's, it's been nice to like just kind of actually to pull the cloth off of this and say, Oh, you know, I've actually been doing interesting work and here it is. Right. So like which blockchain is it on? So uh, we'll do our initial mint on the Ethereum blockchain proper. And then okay. the game will be played on Polygon. So we'll eventually move all the assets from Ethereum over to Polygon. Okay. Um, yeah. Because yeah, a game on Ethereum is just not feasible because of the gas yeah. fees. Yeah. You, you wouldn't be able to operate a game on Ethereum L1 um, on, the, on the layer one, like Ethereum proper. Um, nothing that would interact with the chain anyway. It's possible that you could just own the NFT and then you you just interact completely with another server that doesn't write anything right. to the chain. That could work, um, but not if you were doing transactions. That would be insane. <laughs> you'd be you'd, you'd have like a I'm just thinking like an entry fee of ten dollars. <laughs> it would cost you thirty dollars <laughs> in order to uh, to like even enter the game at all. Like it'd be totally crazy. Right. <laughs> um, yeah, there's some Ethereum L2 solutions that are coming out that are still very, very new. Um, but yeah, at least on Ethereum L1, it's it's uh, out of the question. So yeah, so we're building out on Polygon. Uh, that'll be really interesting. I've met a couple of people from Polygon now, which is pretty cool. They're they're a great team. They're a huge company. Man, the resources they have are nuts. So that so they are like a a for profit corp- corporation. Yeah, they're um okay. they're a for profit co- corporation, and they have a suite they have a suite of products. Um, and I suppose as well, they're the custodian of the Matic token, it's called. Um, so like Ether is to Ethereum as Matic is to Polygon. Right. And um, they have they have a bunch of different products, but the one that they're known for is their proof of stake chain. Um, that And that's where all the games are played. So like Zed.run okay. is a famous, uh, is one of the better known NFT games that's on Polygon. And uh, I think Axie Infinity is as well. It's another really popular one. Uh, yeah. So so that means it's not really decentralized, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. Um, so the, the long and short of it is Polygon still operates. Um, you can still be a miner on Polygon. It's proof of stake. So they're called verifiers. Um, so they serve a lit like they're still performing the operations of a miner, but without doing the work. Okay. So Polygon... Polygon's technology is it, it it relies on Ethereum for the management of these verifiers. So the idea is that like you have I can come in and be a ver in the verifier pool and then I stake a certain amount of Matic tokens in order to do that verification. And the management of that around like the Heimdall engine and how it links back to Ethereum is like you I think you can say like, oh, it's not it's self-regulating, but I believe it's still owned by Polygon. So okay. I don't know that I would necessarily say that it's centralized. Well, no, it, it, there, are, there are certainly centralized aspects of it. Like there was a Polygon, there was like a nine or 12 hour Polygon outage like a few weeks ago and nothing happened. <laughs> like they had, to, they had to release a bunch of fixes um, to, to fix it. Um, but um, so there is centralization in that way. Um, but it also like there's trade-offs. I mean... I don't know that I like, I don't trust anything except Ethereum. Um, Ethereum truly is like, I mean, like the consensus mode of, or the consensus um, mechanism of it is just like, I don't know, like, I don't know enough to say that it's perfect, but like, it's basically perfect in my mind uh, because it's so decentralized. So I trust it. I really trust it. Um, And as soon as you start to see these offshoot companies, these side chains, you're like, okay, do I trust you? Like, yeah, I mean, I I trust you. Yeah. I mean, you're not Ethereum, but I trust you. Yeah, but just like 
just like you trust Sony to build a game for the PlayStation. It's like, yeah, you know, I I trust you. But if Sony is, you know, if PlayStation Network is down, like no one can play your game. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Like they want, um, like they're, (laughs) Polygon's not going to scam me. Like (laughs) they're, it's in their best interest to build an awesome ecosystem where NFT games can come and be played. Um, because, uh, the more transactions that happen on, on, um, Polygon increases the value of the Matic token and they are holders of the Matic token. And right. if that price goes up, they get be, they become richer and that's, no, that's exactly. good for them. So our interests align. Right. But you know, like, yeah, just like PlayStation. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a fair, uh, I think that's a fair comparison. Right. And cause like. Like I'm, I'm thinking PlayStation also acts as a gateway, as a gatekeeper, right? Like, mm-hmm. like if they don't like your game, they could just reject it. So yeah, no, I don't know gonna... that Polygon can do that necessarily. I mean, I don't think they can. I, I don't know. I mean, that's a limitation I'm not really aware of. But, okay. um, but like anybody can write a smart contract and publish it on Polygon. It's decentralized oh, enough okay. that that's they they okay. wouldn't they can't. There's no that. there's no gatekeepers. No. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah, so that it's been cool. The the project is really interesting. I've learned a lot. It's it's been uh, the experience of a lifetime for sure. Um, so other than that, yeah, I don't have any other real updates. I've just been doing a lot since I got back from free from from vacation. I've been uh, just scrambling around, getting my head screwed back on to finish up freelancing, finish yeah. up the what I'm the work that I'm doing on, meet all my deadlines. So uh, other than that, uh, I've got some business ideas. That I want to oh, talk about. All right. If you want to do some some brainstorming with me. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Okay. So first of all, um, so hanging around you, and also hanging around my wife and her business partner. My wife runs a statistical health a health data science company. She's a statistician, um, and I she has a WeWork office that I've been squatting in, uh, which is awesome. <laughs> it's so nice to leave the house and work fucking somewhere else. <laughs> you go stir crazy at home. <clears throat> so I, I've been squatting in their office and I listen to their calls and just kind of the general goings on. And we all need assistance. Like all of us. This this is crazy. Like we're we're doing so much work that we shouldn't be doing. Like your time and, and like, you know, I know a lot about you and we've talked a lot about your business and what you're doing. And like I'm watching them and they're doing all these things that they that, that's really not a good use of their time. So I've been thinking, like, man, like why don't you guys have assistance? So I started doing some Googling because I've heard all sorts of great things about different outsourcing companies. And, and I'm like, oh man, like, why don't we, why don't we find something like that? And I, I've been trying to figure out like, how is there, like, how can, how can this be better? Like, why, why is it that it's such a, uh, it's such a difficult problem to just be like, I would like an assistant, please like assist me. Like, is it, is the problem that it's hard to, is it hard to find an assistant? Is it hard to like change your behavior so that you can create like units of work that you can give to an assistant? Like what's the, what's the, what's the problem there? Because it feels like there's so much opportunities to save us time. Like even when I, like when we were on vacation, we were having such a good time. We were like, okay, we should see if we can extend this another three or four days. But we didn't want to sit on the phone for half a day or on the internet, like trying to figure out, oh, is it, mm, is it cheaper to do this? Like, are we able to, like, we didn't want to fuss right. about it. We want, like, I was thinking if I had an assistant or access to somebody that I could give this task to, to say, here's the budget, can it work? So, um, and now since I've gotten back from vacation, I've been thinking about this over and over again of like, Cause like, I think about your work and some of the marketing things that you'd want to do or anything. I'm like, Oh, what can I, what could Mark give to an assistant? But the yeah. reality is that like, how easy is it to just be like, okay, random person off the street, here's the thing I want you to do. Like, how do you structure that task? How do you do that kind of thing? Right. And here's my username password. To exactly. Yeah. Here, yeah. There's a lot of trust. There's a lot of trust. Um, I'm sure there's software for that. I, I or if, yeah, anyway, it may be if you, um, that might be proprietary stuff that you get from working with like a reputable agency or something like that, but all the same. Um, so I've been thinking like, oh man, this would be, I mean, it sucks because it isn't necessarily a software product, but I've been trying to think about, first of all, the problem of assistance. How do you onboard an assistant and immediately become more productive because you have them? 
and also trying to understand what are the barriers of people getting assistance today. So that's a question I have for you. Like in your experience, why do you not have an assistant? Yeah, I think, I mean, part of it is trust. Mm -hmm. Like, okay, so yeah, I know where to find assistance, like Upwork or Fiverr. And I know there's other services that are that are one step higher than that, mm-hmm. where they've already pre-vetted assistance, and then they'll just assign one to you. Mm-hmm. So then those get more expensive, though. So it's like, but uh, I mean, those I would trust more. Like, mm-hmm. But otherwise, finding one myself, yeah, it's like trust. It's like how how many tests am I going to have to do with them before I find the right one? Mm-hmm. That that seems like lots of trial and error, mm-hmm. and and also like. Yeah, one of the reasons why I haven't gone with one of these pre-vetted VAs is because usually, like, it's they come, it's productized, right? Like, you buy and you get so many hours. Mm-hmm. And right now, like, I have such a hard time going from okay, I got this many hours mm-hmm. to like, what can I get them to do in those hours? Right? right? Like, I want to get my money's worth. Mm-hmm. But if you told me, all right, like for this for this much, you have twelve hours a week. Mm-hmm. I don't know what 12 hours a week looks like. Like, what is that? Sure. So I was discussing exactly these problems at dinner uh, the other day of thinking like, yeah, I've, there's this problem of, well, I don't want to necessarily hire someone full time because I don't have a full time. I don't know that I have a full time, um, a full time job worth of assistant work. Um, and then it's also like, I think there's a lot of questions around how much does this cost? How much should it cost? Um, yeah. So I think, a, I think a really interesting take on this is like a white glove. Um, like I will hold your hand and I will help you to like figure out how to use an assistant. Okay. Um, now granted, I think this would probably end up being expensive, but like forget the price for now. But the idea of being like, okay, so there's changing your behavior to be more unit of work based. How can I take this problem, wrap it in constraints, and then give it to somebody so they don't just spin for 10 hours? Like, right. oh, they got stuck on this part, and then they didn't make any progress, and they burned all their hours. Um, so it's like, yeah, how do you create a good task and then uh, effectively broker that out to a person and then get the results that you want? So it's like having that hand-holding of this. First of all, this is how you deal with an assistant. Like, this is how to manage their, this is how to manage their work. Because like I personally don't want to manage a person. I just want the work done. And is there a way that we can create a relationship between these two people such that the work gets done, but you don't feel like a cognitive burden of, is this person happy? Is this person like growing? Are they, are they getting what they need? Um, so I've been thinking like, oh, I wonder if there's a way to streamline the interaction from the assistant side. Like if you give them a framework to say, okay, Mark wants me to find a cleaner for his home, for example, then it would be like, okay, so you've given me like a seek resource problem. So first of all, it's like, all right, um, how, what's your budget? When do you want them? Um, is it like a recurring thing? How much trust is built in? Like, I'm just thinking about like a decision tree of trying to figure out the criteria that you need to wrap this task in that they can throw back to you. And then if you can fill it out, then it's like, great, I can take that and I can run with it. And I guess maybe that's the problem with assistants, like an, an executive assistant, like at, like maybe at the six figure level, you're going to be able to give them very amorphous things and they're going to be able to get you results. Right. Um, but like, depending on the task, like maybe it's, uh, maybe you can do something simpler. They can push you to wrap them in constraints and then they can get the work done. It feels like there's like a user experience thing around being able to interact with a person. Yeah. I mean, I think what you're describing is like very high end. I mm-hmm. think you're basically, you're, you're acting like the, the middleman to these executive assistant. Well, at least in the beginning. Of like help like if you if you never had an assistant before, um, it's like great. I'm gonna white glove help you. I'm the first. I'm gonna help you like not just find somebody because I guess think it would be assumed that I would bring you somebody, but like helping to onboard you and make sure that you understand like this is how it works. And I'm gonna help and coach both sides to make sure it's a fit, to make sure that it's it's all working properly, and that like you don't spend time spinning your wheels trying to figure out like how do I manage an assistant. But I agree with you. I think it's. I think it's on the high end. Yeah, it's like 
I mean, at that point, you might as well just be the proxy, like be like I tell you what I want, mm-hmm. and then you have an army of VAs, mm-hmm. and you've you've productized all these scenarios. This is how you search for for services for the home, right? Yeah. So how you look for movers? How do you look for cleaners? How do you look for pet walkers, yeah. pet sitters? So like you've you've transformed all these things into a recipe, and then. Mm-hmm someone you trust can just run through the recipe. Yeah. Yeah. I think you've said it. I think you've said it right. Like at some point. Yeah. I, I guess it depends on the quality of the person you're dealing with. Cause like if the people, if people are really good, then they're able to handle more amorphous things or open-ended tasks versus like, I need you to book a plane ticket from here to here. <laughs> <laughs> right. I mean, you could have like a pyramid of VAs. So like you, you have the, the top ones that are able to, to take these, these simple one sentence directions and transform them into a recipe. Mm. And then they pass it down the pyramid to someone that's more of a, a recipe follower. Mm. Yeah. So one of the other reasons that I came up with, with this particular idea is that, um, I was doing some journaling around, you know, finding problems to solve and how to find problems. And one of the things that I found is being around motivated people or people who are motivated to solve their problems. Like those are really interesting people to be around um, because they're all about taking action and they're not necessarily going to quibble about, you know, nickels and dimes. So part of me was like, maybe I should go be an assistant for a couple months and like really get in with some of these people and help them with their problems and try to understand like, how can I help you? Or... What problems are you dealing with? And try to use that as like problem discovery or automation or something like that. Uh, maybe working for a couple different people, like being a VA and seeing what that's like, um, or at least getting exposed to problems. Right. And this kind of came up of just like, well, I mean, maybe it's maybe it's help in general is is the issue. Um, but yeah, it's it, it, this seems like a it, it just seemed like such a burning problem. Like especially at my wife's company, like they have tons of stuff that they could be giving to assistant to an assistant. And it's just like taking the plunge to to do it is just it's too much. The cognitive right. load is too much, and it feels like a risk. Like oh, I'm trialing this. It's just like trialing software. It's like oh, yeah, exactly. Is it really worth doing this? Like, is the return on my investment going to be there? Exactly. It's like how many, how much disappointment can I handle? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, okay. How about if you niche down to finding virtual assistants? for indie hackers yes so so yeah like you know right so you so it's not you know like i will find you some cleaners for your house or a dog sitter it's it's really about running online businesses Mm -hmm. so you know i will do keyword research for you Mm -hmm. so you know you got economy of scales there because you can have one href account yeah and use it for multiple clients Mm -hmm. uh you know i will take your blog post and i will post it all over the place mm-hmm. so i will post it on reddit on facebook and with of course like proper summary or call to action or yeah um yeah i will do domain name research for you like right like yeah so like rather than solving the general problem of needing help it's like all right niche down to like single types or either a single um like profile or um or types of problems that a profile would have. Yeah, hmm. because because you can start off with having no recipes, and yeah, you could do it all yourself mm-hmm. at first. Like, oh, okay, keyword research. All right, <laughs> you buy a get a trial of href and just start doing the keyword research. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but then but then you can write it down as a recipe. This is how you do it, right? Mm. These are the questions to ask them. This is how you execute it. Yeah. This how to format the results. Now someone else can do it for you next time someone else asks for it. Yeah. And you'd slowly build up this catalog of recipes mm-hmm. and a team of VAs that execute them. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, because one of the big things I was thinking about, like if you could wrap the like even when you when we're speaking, like you're saying a couple of things that just like <laughs> that are so that it makes such good copy. Because it's literally like, oh like VA is for like People who are terrified about, like, um, who, who are terrified of the sunk cost, or I don't know, like, you name it, right? Like, I feel like I have all those objections, and there's so many, like, ways to begin attacking 
the concerns of, I can't, well, it's like, well, I have all this work, but I can't hire an assistant because, and everyone's got their top three reasons. Right. And it's like, I can think of so many ways to attack that, that you could do like LinkedIn outbound <laughs> requests <laughs> on people to be like, Hey, I see you're, uh, you're an eight to 12 person company. Um, and it looks like you don't have an assistant from your LinkedIn structure. Um, you probably don't have one because you feel like X, Y, and Z. And uh, actually, I solve all those problems by doing these. Um, maybe you're interested in something like that. Like, I don't know. I look at that and I just think like, a straight up offer that um, that appeals to people's concerns, like that just circumvents their concerns. Like, I don't know. I look at that and I just think that's such a uh, that's such a brilliant it's such a brilliant way to like, cause people want it. I think there's this real desire to have good help. Um, but people just don't like, Oh, there's so much fear of like, what am I getting into? Yeah. I like the idea of niching down. Um, because that's kind of what I was thinking. Like, I don't know that I would say like, I can solve everybody's problems forever. Uh, <laughs> to bring it on. Uh, <laughs> but to be able to say something like, Oh yeah, it'd be really nice to be able to focus in on a segment of people who are really busy and just start messaging them and just saying, hey, like, I can help you. I, kn- I know you have this problem and I know you fucking hate it. And I can come in and I can white glove help you with this issue that you're having. Because, yeah. Because otherwise, like someone that, yeah, an executive assistant that can do anything you ask them, like that is high price. Yes. And yeah, it's, I don't know how you would build that business. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't know either. But I, I I do think that like maybe the answer maybe the answer to a lot of this is you just need an assistant, but the onboarding sucks. And like most assistants out there are actually fantastic, but like people are just too afraid to tackle the problem. So I don't know if it's just like oh I white glove help you do that, or if it's um, yeah I, I don't know what the answer is, but it feels I mean, it feels I, like yeah good. I liked your idea when you were talking about onboarding. So like you you know I you promised me I hey, like. You know, we find virtual assistants for solo indie hackers. Mm-hmm. And uh, so then I, I reach out, then we do an onboarding, and that, and you ask me, like, all right, like, spitball, just give me a bunch of things that you'd like to outsource, mm-hmm. right? And I go, oh, yeah, I waste time on doing this, that, that. And then you tell me, well, you know, okay, those five things, like, you know, we let's do the, let's find you someone for those, those the first three, because the other two are... It's, it's going to be harder, but let's find you someone that can do that mm. at so many hours a week. Mm. You know, how does that sound? Yes. Then, then you find me someone. Yeah. yeah it'd be, so like, yeah. so as part of the service is that you help me define how to, how to structure this work that, that I want to outsource. Mm-hmm. And then you find someone that can do it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, even that, it, like, that's great. Even to be able to say like, I don't know how the hell you would <laughs> structure that such that you make money in payment. I, I, yeah, I'm not quite sure if it's hours or what, but the ability to say like, oh yeah, Matt, um, like Matt comes in and he teaches like, it's like, oh, I need to do keyword research and I don't know how to do it, but I, you know, I want to do it. And it's like, all right, great. Like leave it to me. And then I just run and figure out like, okay, I'll go on Fiverr or I'll do this or, or maybe I build up a specialty in that and I have a VA that handles those requests. I have no idea. But yeah, like, yeah, that'd be very interesting. Right, because I mean, like high level, like, you know, before I hired someone to do blog writing for Power and Porter, mm-hmm. right, I wouldn't even know how to proceed. Like, mm-hmm. I would have just told you, I want someone to write a blog post every two weeks, mm-hmm. right? And then you could break it down into, all right, we'll find someone that's going to do some keyword research mm-hmm. and come up with like 12 weeks of of subjects to write about. Mm-hmm. And then after that, for each one, we will hire a writer to write that individual article. Right. So like, you know, already, and maybe we hire one editor after that's going to edit all of them. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. you took this very general thing, like I need someone to write blog posts and you've cut it down into three different roles, a sequence of how to get those roles to collaborate Mm-hmm. And then a finished product. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's a little tricky there in terms of like owning the end deliverable. Because if it's like, if you give, if it's like, I need these blog posts written and I say no problem, like the difference between what's well, like, yeah, I mean, I guess you have to like go out and vet all of these people. Like, because the problem is that there's an end result and the person who's asking for it, like, do they know that the result came from me 
or do they if i found somebody who isn't good or they just for whatever reason they don't like the 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 results like how do i fix that how do i control it like i don't have any specialty in it all i know is i got the job done <laughs> i got the job done to a to a degree but like at that point it's maybe it's just like okay there's a certain like you give me that instruction and there's a service out there and i say great i found this service it costs this much money um this is what it's going to cost like right get it. and like maybe at some point you decide to develop expertise in that one service um or not i, I don't know well because i think you know it's the kind of thing that yeah it doesn't scale at first but eventually you you define these roles and you have a team of people that you can delegate to so like you realize oh you know what writers can also be editors so like <laughs> those are the kind of vas that i'm looking for that can fulfill those parts mm-hmm. so it's more like you're, you're a you're more of a bundler yeah. of all these other productized services. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, as long as a service exists for it, I will find it or I'll have it on the shelf. And if you need keyword research, if you need X and Y, whatever, then you get it. Uh, we just pull yeah. it off the shelf and use it. Cause yeah, there's so many, right? Like these, these productized design uh, businesses that just, you know, they're on call design for you. Mm-hmm. Don't make logos. Don't make websites. Don't, then you have, copywriting ones you have writers maybe lawyers i mean that would be really interesting to just have like relationships with a ton of these different companies and then to be like all right like give me a referral fee like you're i'm not your customer i'm helping to service a, an end customer and i'm coming to you i'm a middleman basically um right. so pay me a referral fee or something i don't know damn yeah that's the simplest solution <laughs> yeah just only use currently existing stuff and then when needed go to fiber Right. Kind of reminds me of there was a service a while ago called Magic. Do you remember this? Have you heard of this? No. Magic was, um, I think it was called Magic. You could, it was a number and you could just text it and you'd be like, I would like, I'm currently sitting in the park and I would like a picnic. And you could just send that message and they would be like, on it. And then like, they just pull rabbits out of their hats to figure out like, Matt's in the park and we have to get him a picnic. Like, all right, go for it. And like, there's some, some communication, but eventually somebody shows up and it's just like, all right, I got this thing for you. Yeah. And did they go bankrupt or what? <laughs> uh, did they go bankrupt? I, so the problem, uh, it did shut down, but I think the part of it was like, oh, I'm in the, like, I think part of it is just like, oh, I'm in the park and I, it's sunny and I didn't bring my sunglasses. Can you get me sunglasses? And somebody would roll up and be like, here is a pair of sunglasses. And I think that would cost like $400. Right, um, exactly. People were using it for weird stuff. But if it's a business and you're like, okay, I need X, then like, all right, I can do it. If, as long as you're willing to pay. It, like, I don't know how you quote something like that. I mean, if right. it's a regular request, maybe, but. Because, yeah, because. That definitely sounds baller, like that, you know, that I could just pick up the phone and ask for anything and it gets delivered to me. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, that everyone would love to have that. But I you know that's like billionaire level kind of oh, service. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, for, for an individual, certainly. But yeah, it's like, how do you take that and turn that into a productized service for, for, uh, that, that, or something that I can operate and people are like, oh, yes, I can do this and I, I can justify the cost because I know that. Uh, like Matt will get the job done and that's the the value is the job getting done and I'm exactly. willing to pay for that but it's also like getting unstuck like mm. right because you're gonna you're gonna coach me like how to how to identify the things that I can outsource mm-hmm. it's like you know just tell me what what are you wasting time on that you'd rather not be doing mm-hmm. and I list you a bunch of stuff and then you you know you don't this could be outsourced this right here like very easy to outsource mm. but then instead of putting a to do you know on my list again like Here's a new to do for you. Mm-hmm. Find someone to outsource this. Yep. You say no. I'll take it on. I'll I'll find you someone. Mm-hmm. Jeez, like how much would you pay for something like that? I mean, I'm damn cheap. So <laughs> yeah, you're not the target. <laughs> you're not the target audience for this. But maybe this is also true of a lot of indie hackers, though. So mm-hmm. it's well, definitely something you need to test. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, because in my mind, I'm thinking like people with businesses. Like, I want to target people with businesses. And I, maybe I went a little too broad, but I'm thinking like hair on fire problems. Like a hair on fire problem is I have too much to do and not enough time to do it. 
And it's like, well, you could give me something like this. And if I have a network of people or whatever that can get it done and it's easy for me to delegate that, then I will. But I would have no idea how much you would charge for something like that. And, right. and then like, how do you make it worth it? Because I guess that's the other, uh, the other big issue here. Because I agree, like having people know what they can outsource is, uh, is an education problem all on its own. Yeah, exactly. Right. But, but you can sell the dream, right? Mm-hmm. So like you were saying, you could do cold outreach or just, you know, hang out in the hackers, in the worldwide, like, and you know, you, you make, you picture, you draw a nice picture of this dream where like, wow, all this stuff that, that you do that you don't like doing that needs to get done. You can outsource it all and move on to what's important, what actually moves the needle. Yeah. Yeah, Cause it's, it's funny. I think where I was going with this is I see problems everywhere, but the problems are all extremely small. Um, like it would have been really nice to be able to like be on the beach and just like text somebody and be like, Hey, here's where we're at. Here's some basic details, like price it out. How much is it going to cost and not have to right. worry that it's going <laughs> to, that it's going to take an hour of my time on the phone and, and it's not going to happen anyway. Um, but yeah, like how can, how can we make it easy to do one thing and solve that problem right here, right now? I mean, yeah, this, I'm starting to think like, yeah, there are lots of little things like that, like ideas that I come up with, but I never do anything about them. And having a general like virtual assistant that's able to do simple stuff like that, like finding a service, signing up to the service, setting it up. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, that actually, then, then I would, I would use it more. Like, Perfect example is today I was thinking of this, this competitor and I was like, damn, like I wish I could, I should, I should set something up to monitor their page to see when they change things mm-hmm. in their copy or in their pricing plans or, yeah. right. I know, I know there's a bunch of services out there that do this, mm-hmm. but you know, like how long is it going to take me to, to, to find a service, to compare them, to mm-hmm. sign up to one, to, learn the tool to actually set it up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the kind of thing where, yeah, if I knew I had someone that I can call on any time like that, I would have done it. Man, th- this touches, th- like, this touches on the one of the latest episodes of Art of Product. So Adam Wathen came on, and they were talking about, like, how Ben and Adam were talking about something like, Ben wanted to have a battle station built, like a really awesome desk with a sick setup. But he's like, the problem is that, like, it's not about buying the parts he was like there's so much that goes into this like i can buy parts but like what i want to do is hire somebody i go away for the weekend i come back and i have a sick battle station like i want the done for you aspect yeah and um adam made a made a uh, a comment that he was like it's funny because for most he was like i was saying he was his experience has been for most things the done for you aspect does not exist there's a lot of things that he that he wants done, but it's only the you know, it's it's that last mile of like putting it all together, assembling it, or I don't know, having it be the way realizing the dream that you want. It just doesn't exist. And they're like, we have the money, like we're ready to pay. So it's funny to think about a service like this where it's just like I just need it done. Like the paradox of choice is brutal. Like you're saying, like I'll find the services and compare them, and it's like. But it, like that just so doesn't matter. The comparison aspect just doesn't matter. Like it's gonna take me hours. Exactly. Yeah. Pay to have that done. Yeah. So it's kind of interesting to just be like, I want to cut out the paradox of choice, and I just want you to just do it. Just do it. Here's my credit card. Just pay for the thing. Whatever. And like you know, exactly. obviously do that safely. But still, like. Yeah, and I and and of course, like you have to prompt me to tell me what's my budget. What's the yes. A ma- maximum amount of hours to spend on this, mm-hmm. right? Yep. So yeah, so like I tell you, listen, I want you to spend two hours to find me something that costs ten dollars a month mm-hmm. to notify me by email whenever this page changes. Yeah. Go. Yep. <laughs> Either they just build it themselves and Zapier, or they find a service that does it. Because that would be really funny, like if it, like um, monitor pages as a service, and literally your value is like you don't set it up. It's like, right. it's like, I use this software and I'll do it all for you. Like, that's it. And exactly. Yeah. <laughs> that, that would make interesting services, right? Like a service <laughs> where it's like, it's a voice interface or it's a, mm. it's, it's only by text message, right? Yeah. You just text this number and tell them, 
I want you to monitor this page here. Mm. Tell me when it changes. Yeah. That's it. Because like it, yeah, it turns out there's a lot of simple stuff that people just don't want to do. Yeah. But see, but this example here was something that I didn't even consider outsourcing it to someone. Mm. Like it was like I knew there's services out there. I knew that I could write a script myself and do it. Mm. I already have a script like that that monitors like the Webflow API page. Yeah. Because it hasn't been updated in years. <laughs> I want to be notified the day that they do an update. <laughs> so like, yeah, I set up a small script to do it, right? But how much time did I spend on that script? And now, it, you know, I didn't do it generically. Mm-hmm. Like, So now I, I would spend that ex- same, exact same amount of time setting it up for this other page I want to monitor. And- so yeah, like it, it'd be very interesting to just be like, I, I, I like I'm thinking very generally, but just like yeah, like how do you like the done for you aspect is so appealing. It's like oh, you were gonna write a script, but like do you really want to do? You want to own that and operate that? Like yeah, no, exactly. Yeah. It's that that feeling of feeling like a boss. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just say make it so. It, yeah, and it happens. And it turns out it actually isn't that difficult. For something like that, it's just like, no, literally, it's like, I put your email in, I use your credit card, or I can even use my credit card and I can bill you. I mean, that's taking on a little extra risk, maybe. Oh, no, I could totally, not even, (laughs) not even, I could totally use Stripe issuing, and I could totally generate a credit card that, like, I'll bill you, it comes time to bill, and the payment fails, so I bill you, and then I charge the credit card (laughs) with what I bill you from, (laughs) oh, man, yeah, I could totally, I could totally see that. It's like client billing, it's like client billing with a a generated credit card, that would totally work. Um, But yeah, like, something like that, and then... Yeah, just like, oh, yeah, I'll set it all up, no problem. And to, but, but, like, I guess that's the issue. It's, like, to know. To know that that is a... Um, to know that that's a problem or, or to know that people can can use this solution, use this as a solution. And like, how do you charge for it? Yeah, how do you... I mean, you could... Once they're in your funnel, you could have, like, ideas emailed once a week. Mm-hmm. Here's how this customer mm-hmm. started monitoring the competitor's website. Yeah. Like using the service. So it gives me the idea. You could even have a button that's do it for me too. <laughs> oh, that would be hilarious. It's like, wow, yes, do it for me too. I click it, yeah. brings me to a form where I just have to put the URLs on my competitors, mm-hmm. click, save, and there, it's done. Yeah. And then, yeah, if you could use your own accounts for things to make it cheaper for people. So it's like, oh, I'm yeah. using, like I have, an, I have a, um, a LinkedIn premium account and you want to do something, you want to be notified every time new people, people leave another company so you can try to poach them or something. Like, right. great, I will productize that aspect and I'll send it to you over Slack. And for whatever it is, 200 bucks a year or something like that, you get a slice. I'll, I'll have all that automated for you. And you can just throw these things at me and I'll just automate them and make them available to you. Yeah. I mean, I, I like this idea of like a catalog of, little tasks like that mm. say, oh yeah do this for me and then it's just a small form that i fill in and then it's done yeah you, well you do it once it's pain it's painful but then you productize right. it and and that's exactly it. Yeah. and then after that you know it's like oh yeah research some keywords click it yeah i tell you what industry what you know url to my website whatever and yeah. hmm, it's definitely interesting like it's so how so it's a, it's a great idea. Like, is this something you want to explore? So part of me was um, drawn to it because it's such a hair on fire problem. Like, I, I don't know. I mean, like, it seems really useful to just do a pay what you use kind of program. So like you're, you always, you know, I'm in your Slack or you're in mine and you can always shoot a command off and I use all my integrations to fulfill it. And there's some... Um, there's some price, there's some, um, you, you, like every action you want has some kind of uh, cost associated with it, whether it's a one-time cost or a refer a recurring cost. Um, like, oh, every month I want to check on this my competitor's website. Perfect. Um, that's going to cost you $4 a month or, or whatever. Um, and then, I forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> I mean, they're figuring out like, how do you, okay, like, how can I wrap that in software? Originally, I was thinking like, oh, well, how could I wrap, how could I take an assistant and give an assistant that job? But like, depending on the task, maybe you can just 
wrap it in code. Like it's simple enough to be like, I want to monitor this person's website. Great. No problem. Happy to do it. Um, Yeah. yeah. And at first you could use a third party to do it. Mm -hmm. But then when you have a few customers using it, it's like, you know what? I should just build it myself and yeah, if you can, and it's all it's all profit. Yeah, totally. Yeah, because like at that point, it's just like great. I will use my own VAs, or I'll hire VAs through another company and not bother with having to manage their manage feelings or or anything yeah. like that. And just like great, here's a bunch of things. Like, let me know when you're done. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's interesting. So at that point, it's like, how do you figure out? Because like, yeah, it's just that general aspect of how do I. How do I solve? Because the the marketing of this seems hard, <laughs> or yeah. hard hard, and then it's so non specific. Um, it's hard because you're you're creating demand first of all, right? Like you're, it's a kind of thing where people don't really, or, or they they haven't even considered it, or they've considered it and they've dismissed it. Like hiring a VA is too much. Yeah, yeah, that's 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 a good point. Yeah, like do I like? Yeah, you're either hiring. Yeah, it's super boolean. You're either hiring a VA or you're not, and. So it's like, yeah, how can you appeal to people who aren't hiring VAs because they feel like they can't or don't want to or That's it. Whatever. That's the hard sell. Yeah. yeah. Like you could, you know, you could have really good SEO to get people that you know, indie hack, you know, hire a virtual assistant for indie hackers. Right. Mm-hmm. So that that's great. That's gonna be the easy one. Mm-hmm. Like if you know, if you can rank for those keywords. Like, mm-hmm. But you're gonna have like indie hackers looking for VAs and they'll land on your service. Yeah. But the ones that have dismissed hiring VAs because they think it's too expensive mm-hmm. or they, they think it's going to be too much work trying to find them, mm-hmm. they're not they're not searching for them. So right. you have to to create demand from them. Mm-hmm. That's that's hard. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, that is a little harder. I guess. Yeah, I guess I was thinking like, oh, well, assistants exist, and this is the type of thing that you would give an assistant. But like, you're not googling assistant and a job. You're googling assistants in general. Mm. Yeah. yeah, that's a good point. So, um, I mean, but maybe, you know, you can find ways to target indie hackers that are searching for assistant. Mm-hmm. So like on, on Twitter, you could, you know, you could have campaigns for virtual assistant, but only if people are following indie hackers. Right. And are willing to pay. Like, that's always the thing that I struggle with is like, this is not, there's no free trial here. Like this is. Right. You're, you're treating it effectively like you have an assistant. Cause it really is like, I love the idea of the voice interface of like, I need to set up this thing on this site and like, yeah, and let it be done. <laughs> and it's going to cost whatever it is, $4 a month or whatever it ends up being. Yeah. I think it's a very interesting idea. So how do you test it? That's, a, that's the question, isn't it? So, okay. How do you test something like this? Okay. So, hmm. cause you know what it kind of feels like? Uh, it's a little bit like the way Zapier uh, markets. Because you'll be like, oh, how do I integrate with Airtable? And then like in the top five is like Zapier being like, oh, we integrate with Airtable and like here's how you do the integration. Um, so it's like you would need to go super deep on every integrate, like SEO the crap out of all the integrations you do. So if you set up um, site tracing on a, cons- on a on a website of a competitor... Um, you would need to like rank above the people that actually do the, that, that do the service. Yeah, no, it's, that's going to be hard. Yeah. Although it is an interesting case study to see how they do that. Like, I'm not sure, um, like if Zapier, like if Zapier could do it, anybody could do it. Like, I don't want to trivialize the work that they've done, but it's, it is possible. Um, but they're also a big company with lots of funding. So how could you do it at a smaller scale? Yeah. But like, what's an example of keywords? What do you mean? Like for because for Zapier, it, it's easy to imagine. It's basically name of tool one integration. No, like you know, tool one, tool two integration. Right. Like, yeah. Those are the keywords. Mm-hmm. Like that's the recipe. But what is it for for this VA service? Mm. It's like uh, keyword research. Like you know, yeah. if if anything that you're going to be delegating to a third party anyways mm. means that they already own those keywords. Mm-hmm. Good point. So like. Keyword research for indie hackers, it's not really what people are going to be searching for. Yeah, yeah. It might be an interesting article mm-hmm. that you could share on indie hackers. Yeah. But I don't know how you, yeah, I think it's going to be more like how to, you know, how to hire a virtual assistant on a shoestring, how to, mm-hmm. how to define, how to find 
tasks that can be outsourced. Yeah, maybe that's the approach you take. It's you take an education angle on yeah. on how to how to do less, maybe a little bit in the productivity space, outsourcing space, things like that, and then um, get people looking at like the t- kinds of things that you do. Exactly. So it's more, yeah, it's it's not so much SEO. It's more like just article writing and sharing mm-hmm. or being really active on Reddit. And- mm-hmm. So how could you test it? So that seems like a, like, okay, I'm going to do this and that's how I'm going to scale. But how could you get people to, how could you do an initial test to see if people are interested? Yeah. I mean, you could go on Indie Hackers and ask, is anybody, yeah, does anybody is anybody looking for a virtual assistant, but I've never pulled the trigger yet? Mm. Like, and then, then schedule calls with them and talk to them yeah. so that you can find out what are the reasons why they, they haven't pulled the trigger mm-hmm. and find out what, what they would outsource. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, like, well, what if, you know, what if I found you a virtual assistant that could do X, Y, Z? Like, mm-hmm. would you pay for that? How yeah. much would you pay for it? We pay for it right now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Let's go pay for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, doing lots of yeah, because it's it's interesting. Uh, like creating demand, it it does feel like a demand creation thing. But like, but yeah, it what it, it's such an interesting twist on the problem because there are there's this there is this demand for help that people want, but they probably feel like I know I feel this way. I feel like I can't I can't, I can't afford the help, and I'm going to be paying for burning cycles because I'm, I just don't have enough work for them. So the idea of like really an on-demand assistant style help with like indie hacker related problems. You don't got to learn how to run keyword research. You don't have to watch all the YouTube videos. You don't have to do all that shit. You just, exactly. you can just hit it and I'll give you all the stuff that you need. And I love the idea of like you say, like you have people in your funnel and you're like, oh, here's all, like here's a bunch of ser- ancillary services that, uh, that might be useful to you. Like a, almost right. like a catalog of just like, yeah, exactly. here's a bunch of stuff we can do. And it's, yeah. Cause I mean, I don't know if you ever used, uh, if this, then that, uh, randomly. Yeah. Right. Or like even Zapier, like, you know, like you'll often, you know, you, you choose a service, like you choose Airtable, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden you see a bunch of examples of, of things that people have, have connected to Airtable, right. get an email whenever this happens in Airtable mm-hmm. or, you know, Get get your Stripe data and import it into Airtable. Mm. You get all these examples, and they go, "Hey, wait, I could use that." Mm. Right? And then you just clone it, and right. it'd be a bit the same thing. Like it'd be, "Hey, like do some market research mm. for your product, or, or monitor the competition." Mm. Yeah, so it's like maybe you gotta find that service. Like keyword research is a real interesting one to just be like, and I'm sure this breaks the terms of service. <laughs> <laughs> of Ahrefs. <Maybe>. <laughs> but either way, like say it didn't. Um, and you're just like, I just, I have an account and I run all these things and I do the research and I put it all together for you. Um, I mean, I've heard on all the Indie Hacker podcasts that I listen to, mm-hmm. I've heard it more than once where someone said they were paying for Href and they weren't using it. Mm-hmm. Right there, you know something wrong is happening. Yeah. Like The tool is super valuable because and everyone knows it. But uh, yeah. yeah, like... You use it. You use it on Monday, and that doesn't mean you're going to use it on Tuesday. Like exactly, or you 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 know you sign up and you use it a lot that first month. Mm-hmm. Like oh yeah, you get all these ideas for blog posts and all that, and then you turn. <laughs> yeah, well, like you, yeah, you just don't know what to do next. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, so instead of paying that hundred bucks or two hundred fifty, whatever HF costs, yeah, you could just pay Matt. Mm-hmm. And he'll do the keyword research for you. Yeah. yeah. So if you can find like a lead in to be like, oh yeah, there's this thing that indie hackers are doing that they want access to that is really hard or difficult or expensive and I can economies of scale it or whatever, and then create, turn that into a productized offering. And then from there, um, figure out how to, how to, what, what other problems do you have? Like what else are you dealing with? And then figure out what the next offering needs to be and figuring out how to market to people. Yeah. Or you've, you know, top down, you find the customer that's willing to pay for you to find them ass- assistance to to do jobs, mm-hmm. and then just fulfill them as they come up. Mm-hmm. Like, so the very first client that asks for keyword research, sign up for Href, and <laughs> you start servicing. Totally, them. yeah. Mm-hmm. I think I think that's the simplest way to test it is just to talk to people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like your I like your question of like who is. 
and I'm sure I'll learn a lot asking people something like that. Like why you don't have an assistant, but, but why, or you've been thinking about outsourcing, but you haven't pulled the trigger. Like why? Exactly. That's, that's going to be great copy for your landing page. Mm-hmm. Uh, already I'm thinking like yeah. assistant without the assistant or, you know what I mean? Like, like something, <laughs> something along those lines, but yeah. Yeah. It'll be great copy. And then, yeah, you'll find out. Yeah. How can you address all those ob- ob- objections that they had? Like, mm-hmm. why didn't they do it? Mm-hmm. Oh, it's too, it's too hard. It's, it's scary. Mm-hmm. It's a- interesting. Yeah. I, I like it. I think it's a very interesting idea. I, I agree with you. I think it's a little bit on the, t- on the touchy side of creating demand, but it is demand adjacent to something that people are already pay are, are already paying for. And I bet you that there's a lot of latent demand for something like this because people feel like they just can't afford an assistant because it's, it's too much of a sink, both time, money, and effort. I mean, can you find 10 people willing to spend a hundred bucks a month? Can you find that's Yeah. I guess it depends on the problem. Depends on the, on the problem that they have, especially if it's recurring, like, Oh, every month I need. I'm trying to think of recurring problems. Payroll is recurring. Vacation accrual is recurring. Um, anything financial that requires calculation or something like that is is happens monthly. Renewals, things like that. So it's like, how can you find a hundred dollar a month problem? Yeah, how can you find a hundred dollar a month problem um, that people? That, that occurs monthly, or maybe it even doesn't have to occur monthly. Maybe that's being too, um, maybe that's being too, too specific or I don't know, too strong. Yeah. Because it, is, it doesn't have to be one thing. Mm. It's like if you can save them one hour of time mm. per month. Yeah. <laughs> it feels like a hundred bucks is, is a good deal. That is a fucking steal, <laughs> especially if it's a task they hate. Yeah. I'm already at that with payroll. Seriously? Oh man. Well, like, so for me, it isn't even so bad, but like for my wife, like she has employees and you know, when you run payroll, you have to do vacation accrual. Cause for founders, it doesn't matter so much. Cause we just don't track vacation when you pay yourself, but like, fuck it. Like you just, you have to do vacation accrual. You have to do all this stuff, submit the thing and then run it. And you have to run it on the right day because payroll needs to run on a certain day to accord with the pay date and everything else. Like it's, it's a thing you have to do and you have to be very careful and intentional when you do it. Um, and it's like, why can't, like, why can't you just pull the trigger on something like that? Like it's, it's so simple. Give them access to a calendar booking tool so that they know people's vacation that's been used and then allow them to do it. And it's like, I have to do this every month. I have no choice. Yeah. You save them, you save somebody an hour of hateful work. <laughs> right. All right. I think, uh, I think you're onto something like it's, it's easily testable and, and, there's a lot of possibilities also from what people say. Like you could find yourself pivoting extremely quickly. Oh yeah, totally. It's like, whoa, like uh, this is a new, complete different idea that mm. <laughs> that comes up. Yeah. Cause really what you're doing is having a conversation about people's problems at that point. Cause it's like, well, you wanted to hire an assistant, but you didn't, but what would you, what problems would you have your assistant <laughs> help you with? Right. And if they all say the exact same thing, it was like, well, okay, forget, forget this VA service. Like, yeah. Let's fix that one problem. Totally. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Cool. All right. Nice. I feel like this, the, I think that's hot. I think that's a pretty sexy idea. Or there's, I think there's a, there's, I mean, you're tap, like, it feels like it taps into people's pain. I think that's what I find sexy about it. Cool. All right. I'm putting that in the tank. That, that should be, that all right. be interesting. Cool. Yeah. That's all I have. Uh, I think we've explored this idea fully. Yeah. No, I'm, I mean, I think that's all we can do today. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> cool. All right. So, uh, I guess that's it. So uh, you can always check out the show notes at startuptosomething.com. And if you like the show, uh, rate and review it in your favorite podcast player. It really helps the show. It helps people find it. And it gives me, most importantly, it gives me warm, fuzzy feelings inside. Yes. So thanks a lot for listening and we'll see you next week. Bye.